Welcome, everybody. This is Jerry Bites. My name is Davis, an educator with over 10 years of experience. And I'm Orion, the founder of Stellar GRE. We're here to bring you your weekly bite-sized episode on GRE prep and grad school admissions. Check out our top-rated GRE self-study program at StellarGRE.com and use the code BITES for 10% off all memberships. So let's get right into it. So I want to know from you, Orion, and you've talked about this, you've said it's so important, and you've actually found that a large number of students don't have this uh, dialed in. So what is the importance of vision for achieving your target performance or just getting you know, higher, uh, getting towards top performance on taking the GRE? What's the importance of vision? What is vision? How do you build it? And why is it important? Yeah, vision is extremely important. Unfortunately, I, I do talk to a number of students. I ask them, the question, can you see yourself succeeding on this test? Can you see yourself in, in the privacy of your own imagination hitting your target score? And unfortunately, many students tell me, no, I, I can't see it yet. They don't usually include the word yet. They just say, I can't see it. And that's, that's a problem because if you can't even fantasize in the privacy of your own mind getting what you want, it's very hard to have any kind of reality-based confidence that you can achieve it in the real world. There's this phrase that we have to, I'll, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. Mm -hmm. It really kind of works the other way around. Sometimes you have to believe it in order to see it. Mm -hmm. That if the belief doesn't precede the vision, the vision is unrecognizable. Mm -hmm. You don't have the conceptual framework to recognize it, even if it were staring you in the face. Mm -hmm. Many of those students who couldn't see themselves succeeding absolutely had the skills, the knowledge, and the potential to succeed on, uh, on par with their targets, but they mm -hmm. couldn't see it yet. And that made it more difficult for them to actually you know, move forward in a, with authentic confidence in the direction of their goals. Mm -hmm. No, that's really important. So, so the vision that you're talking about with respect to the GRE is not only does it stop there at a person just having the vision that like, oh, I believing in themselves, I can do this. And therefore having the framework to be able to recognize success or have the motivation for success. I'm imagining also that there are also specific visual uh, tactics one can employ in studying, in taking the GRE, in in, in the whole process. So can you tell me a little bit more about those? Yeah, just being able to see yourself succeeding is the most, I mean, it's, a, it's, the, it's the prerequisite for everything else. Mm -hmm. It's too high resolution, no, not high resolution, it's too high order though. Mm -hmm. It's like, you can't just fantasize about getting a 340 and that's going to make it likely that you're actually going to achieve at that level. But you do need to be able to believe that you can arrive at your destination just to get your feet out the door, right? Like, why would you leave the house if you didn't think you'd ever get to where you're going? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's just step one. When we're talking about, so what, what actually creates the top performance? Well, the process creates the top performance. The process creates the outcome. And so the best way to attain the outcome is to kind of like focus as much as possible on the process. So we can have a very granular vision with respect to the process that's most conducive to top performance, that's most conducive to success. Mm -hmm. This could look something like I can see myself 
boom, seeing a question, scanning it for certain skippable features, making the decision within the first segment as to skip it or to attempt it, then looking at the answer choices to do a structure diagnosis, then doing a soft scan of the problem in order to reveal content diagnosis. Then I actively recall in my working memory all the concept strategies and techniques associated with those diagnostic categories. Then I begin solving continuously. I see myself employing the problem-specific strategies and techniques accurately and efficiently. I see myself arriving at the answer to this question. I see myself moving without hesitation into the next one. I see myself getting questions right. I see myself responding to a 20-question set perfectly. And that eventually leads to, I see myself getting the score that I need on this test. Mm -hmm. But it means that I can see myself performing these sequence of steps on every question, on every set, to arrive at that ultimate outcome. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I'm imagining this is something that a person, it's not just uh, can you do it or can you not. I'm imagining that that a person, actually, I, I'm not even just imagining, I know that a person can arrive to this level of visualization, aiding them towards top performance through practice also. You can practice visualizing and getting into that granularity, working it out slow and then repeating it so that it becomes more natural and those those same processes are cued at each stage more readily. It's um, definitely a habit. And each little step is within every student's ability to perform. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very simple to look at the answer choices, you know? Mm -hmm. It's something else to remember to do that at this stage of the process every single time. So it basically becomes part of your unconscious workflow associated mm -hmm. with successful performance. So it's, it's structuring the way that we see correct that the test in front of us, but also structuring the way we see ourselves taking the test in front of us. That's right. In, in top performance, it's like, what's the difference between the dance and the dancer? At top performance on the GRE, there's actually not really a difference between the test and you. Mm -hmm. The test is inside of you while you're taking it, and you are you're inside the test as you're responding. So there's actually this, this breakdown at top performance, and we usually experience that subjectively as a flow state. No, that's, I mean, uh, there's all kinds of, yeah, the flow state, the, the becoming the one with the object of focus or interest. Um, it's talked about in many different uh, cultures, how effective that can be. And modern, in the past, I'm talking about ancient uh, Indian Hindu cultures, that was one of the forms of yoga. Samadhi was focusing so much on something that you... Uh, that your attention, the, the objectivity and the subjectivity of it and you disappeared and you become it and it becomes you. That's wild. I felt that at certain points in my life and it's, uh, it changes kind of your, your perception of what's possible and, and the nature of reality. That's true. And, it's, and, this, and flow state is a hot topic of research sure. in this day and age. And also uh, within athletics and sports, this exact, the, the practice of visualization has been shown. This is not something that is uh you know just theoretical or just new aging yourself yeah, it's, not, it's not it's not the the power of attraction it's not new aging no this is this is demonstrable uh uh peer-reviewed testable um uh, uh practices that have beneficial effects i mean so much to the point where they've done studies for example in in tennis where they can have uh players uh in the top tier players practicing tennis matches versus some players um, doing nothing compared to some players 
uh, sitting in a room and visualizing playing, visualizing hitting the ball in every, like you're saying, in every granular, minute detail, not just on the macroscopic visualizing the success, but visualizing, oh, the ball's coming this way. How would I respond to the point where they're actually triggering the neurological pathways to fire the muscles and coordination? And you can develop skill through visualization um, in some cases as well or more than even just throwing yourself into it uh, in, you know, the course matter, real world material. Yeah, that's wild. And, and what I understand is these same principles can be applied to taking the test as well. Sure, why not? It's not like the GRE is ontologically different than all the other games that we play as a human being. Well, but that's an interesting question because some of these other games, like for example, the tennis we're talking about, we're talking about motor cortex pathways that control coordination, that control timing of uh, contraction and relaxation of actual muscles. But in a test, you're sitting there looking at a screen. So what are the pathways that the visualization is for, for the for in stellar Jerry, what are the pathways that they're we're trying to train to cue uh, in sequence while we're taking? No, I see test? what you're saying. I would say that why they're not ontologically different is because both of them are visualizing behavior. In tennis, the behavior is more overt; it's muscular. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about taking a test like the GRE, the behavior is more covert. Sequences of thoughts mm-hmm. are a behavior. Where you put your attention mm-hmm. is a behavior. Mm-hmm. How you uh, actually respond to the test is a behavior. So behavior doesn't necessarily have to be overt. It can be internal, subjective, and covert. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the work that we're doing. This is where my work as a test prep instructor tends to dovetail with my work as a psychologist, is that it's, it's training an internal behavior for success. And we can sequence those internal behaviors of attention, of memory, of, um, uh, of recollection, and segue them into more overt behaviors, like I'm going to perform this strategy or this technique, and then I'm going to respond by clicking this button. It's all an unbroken sequence. Um, it just starts more internal. And of mindfulness, of self-recognition of, oh, if, if I start feeling anxious or if I start feeling pressured by time, you can sequence the visualization. Oh, that's when I need to take a deep breath. And then there is covert, but it's, there can also be physical anchors of I need to. Oh yeah. People think behavior is just something that you can see. Yeah. That's not always the case from a psychological perspective anyway. And so that's what we're training is sequences of behavior that are mostly covert and cognitive, um, but nonetheless are behavioral and can be learned um, and training those sequences for top performance on the test and to see ourselves going through those sequence of behaviors uh, prior to performance. And that facilitates and elevates success. That's awesome, Ryan. Thanks for sharing your take on how visualization can help uh, students reach top performance on the GRE specifically. And thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back next week for another bite-sized episode of GRE Bites. If you have a topic you'd like to hear discussed on a future episode, let us know at stellargre at gmail.com. And if you're ready to take your prep to the next level, check out our top-rated GRE self-study program at stellargre.com. You can use the code BITES for 10% off.